Today's podcast is sponsored by the Christ for Disciples podcast. I'm Pastor Paul Steinberg, son of a Ken and father of five sons. Each weekday on the Christ for Disciples podcast, I apply God's word to raising the next generation. Take 10 minutes each weekday to listen to the Christ for Disciples podcast and get direction and gospel power to disciple the youngest generation. Subscribe to the Christ for Disciples podcast by going to ChristForDisciples.com or searching on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and whatever else. ChristForDisciples.com. You are listening to the Gird Up Podcast. This is the place where young men come to learn what it means to be a man after God's own heart. To gird up is an ancient way of preparing oneself for hard work or a battle ahead. And our work is to reclaim masculinity in the modern world and live out our calling as men of God. Here you will find a community of believers working hard to be the men that God created them to be. So roll up your sleeves, gentlemen, and gird up. It's time to get to work. Okay, fellas, welcome to the Gird Up Podcast. My name is Charlie Ungemach. Really glad that you're here. This is the place where young men learn to be the men that God created them to be. If you're the first, is this the first time you're watching one of these episodes, man? I'm excited for you. Um, I know that I'm not the only guy out here doing this work, and I don't pretend to be. And I praise God that there are so many men who are actively trying to reclaim masculinity. Um, it is a true blessing, and it's going to do great things for our country. It's going to do great things for our church, and it's going to do great things in the lives of young men. Um, but I'm particularly glad that you're here um, because, man, I a few years ago, I looked around and I realized I was not the man I wanted to be. I wasn't becoming the man I wanted to be. I didn't have any men around me on a daily basis that I wanted to emulate. And so I decided I wanted to be a solution to the problem. I was going to find a solution and I was going to help be part of the solution. And this podcast ended up being a part of that and all the other things we do as well. Um, and I praise God that he's put that desire on my heart. Um, I praise God that he's given me so many resources, whether it's books and things that I read, other podcasts I listen to. Um, I mean, frankly, the scriptures um, and the men who he surrounded me with. I've, I've told you before, the three things I pray for every day is des- destiny um, and the ability and capacity to fulfill the, de- the, the destiny he's laid out for me. So God says he prepares in, in advance good works for us to do. And, and that's exactly what he's talking about. You can use the word destiny. You can use whatever word you want. I pray that the Lord helps me to fulfill the things he's laid out before me to do. Second thing I pray for is my future wife. I'm not married yet. One day when I am married, I'll continue to pray for her every single morning. Um, but right now I pray for my Ezra Konegdo. I pray that the Lord prepares her uh, for me, that he prepares me for her. And then I pray over her heart and pray over her soul, that she's um, industrious, that she is faithful in the study of the word, that she loves her Savior, she knows him as he really is. All those good things, right? So I pray for her heart every single day. Um, and then the third thing I pray for is that God surrounds me with men that are absolutely on fire for him. Because if God surrounds me with men that are absolutely on fire for him, eventually <laughs> it's going to rub off on me. And hopefully I can rub off on them too. Um, and uh, praise God that he's been doing that in my life. And you're now a part of that. So thanks for being a part of the show. If you haven't checked out the website, you got to do so. Um, www.gridupministries.com. That link is down below. There's resources there, a growing number of resources. Um, so free downloads and things like that that we've talked about on the podcast before. So there's a guide for daily prayer, um, a guide for writing your own uh, manifesto or credo or whatever you want to call it. Um, and there's more stuff coming. Um, but uh, as we as as we grow and as I get a little bit of free time, 
uh, to put that stuff out there, that's where we're going to do that um, all on the website. The other thing you can do on the website is help support the podcast. No, I don't charge anything for the podcast. I don't want to. I want this to be a resource that all men can use and enjoy. But that's not free. And at the moment, I'm in college. Again, I already have a degree. I'm going for another degree so I can study to be a pastor. Um, that means I'm learning Greek and Hebrew and spending most of my time doing that, which means I don't get to spend as much time working, uh, which does make it a challenge sometimes to keep all the pieces in place and, and keep making this content for you. So if God leads you to do so, I pray that you uh, um, prayerfully consider the uh, the opportunity to kind of invest in the podcast a little bit and in the ministry that we're doing for young men. Um, you can do so in three ways. One, you can go on Patreon and donate. That link is on the website. Click on our website, and then there will be a link on that website to Patreon if you want to do that there. Um, if you want to just reach out to me and let me know out a few men that have done that also, and thanks to you guys for doing that. Um, and then there's the other two ways you can do that is just go support us by buying some gear. This T-shirt is one of my favorites. Um, there's a bunch of those left, although the bigger sizes, like adult sizes, are starting to run out. So if you want one, you better go get one right now. Um, also make great gifts for boys. You can't tell me a 10-year-old boy doesn't want to run around the world wearing this T-shirt. And it's a message of, of the truth. Um, Martin Luther said, peace if possible, truth at all costs. We want to ri- raise our sons that way. Um, what better way than to give them a t-shirt that reminds them of that every single day, that they have strength in the Lord, um, and it's their job to carry the truth forward to the next generation. Third thing you can do um, is go on there, and we have a spot where you can donate just $5. Um, we call it a cup of coffee donation. I love coffee. Um, I know that $5 would be a really expensive cup of coffee. I don't drink coffee. that. I just drink my coffee black. But um, most people... When they go buy a cup of coffee, it's about $5. So instead of buying a cup of coffee one day, you can donate to us instead. Um, Just giving us a $5 donation, um, and I will shout you out on the podcast then after you give that donation. So last time I shouted them out, but I'll shout out again. Thanks to Jason Wegner and Malachi Mortensen. Both those guys made a little donation. Thank you, fellas, for helping the ministry work. Um, And all those things that you do do for the podcast, they don't go into my pocket. Um, What it does is it goes into the Gird Up account, and it helps pay for all the licensing and the platforms and all that kind of stuff and and helps us stay out of trouble and uh, continue to build a podcast and a ministry that you guys are going to be able to enjoy and that will be useful to you as you grow as men of God and men after your own heart. Thank you to Nate Hensler for sponsoring my beard. If you want a beard that looks like mine, Go check out his beard oil. That's Brigham Beard General Beard Oil and Supplements. Um, I'll put that link down in the description below as well. If you want a beard, if you want a beard, you want it to be sexy. You don't want a gross, disgusting, old, dandruffy beard. So you better take care of it. Um, Beard oil is a great way to do that, and Nate makes great beard oil. Thank you to everybody that keeps me in their prayers and keeps our ministry in their prayers and uh, continues to pray for me. I I hope that you're doing the things um, that we tell you to do, especially, um, well, right now, what I want you to do online, this is something that I've talked a little bit about. I think it actually got cut off in one of the other videos. But what I, what I want to do is um, do a better job of supporting each other on social media. So what I want you to do is when you find dudes, either dudes that you know personally or just dudes that you follow, who are doing wild and crazy and awesome things for the people of God, like they're just letting their light shine in the world or they're doing masculine things or they're helping other men or even anybody grow um, in faith, so whether they're doing faith-based ministry, if they're doing, they're showing up for their family and their friends, if they're, whatever they're doing that glorifies God, post about it, tag them, tag me, hashtag gird up, and then we're going to do hashtag back your bros. So I'm going to keep doing that. I'm spending too much time on social media as it is, but I'm going to keep doing that. Keep finding dudes that I think are just lighting up the world for Jesus, and I'm going to hashtag it gird up and hashtag back your bros. Um, let's make that a thing, man. 
back your bros that are doing great ministry for Jesus. We need to support each other. Uh, and uh, this is a great way to do it without being like awkward and weird about it. <laughs> I know sometimes that's tough for dudes. So uh, when you see your brothers around you who are on fire for Jesus, doing things that uh, declare their love for Jesus, tag them, post about it, let the whole world know what they're doing, continue to support them, and they'll support you too. Um, God's blessings, fellas, as you go about the Lord's work. Let's start with prayer, and then we're going to get into the podcast today. Heavenly Father, guide the words of my mouth and meditations of my heart so that everything I say might be the truth. Um, guide my guide my words. Help me to have integrity in what I say and what I do. Um, and help me to discern what your good and perfect will is so that I might speak only the truth um, and that our hearers here, the men listening, might be fulfilled um, and might find a better and greater relationship with you. Guide us all heavenward so we might be uni- united in you for all eternity. In your name we pray. Amen. Now, fellas, I want to talk about feeling God today. There's a lot of people, a lot of Christians, especially American Christians, that will say things like, um, I just couldn't feel God today. Or especially young Christians will struggle early on in their faith. Um, and a lot of like the mega church, and this isn't me throwing smoke or something or throwing shade. I'm just saying a lot of the big like mega churches where their focus is on getting butts and seats and not necessarily on strong and healthy gospel. Um, and that's that's it's a lot of quick growing churches. Um, that's part of the reason that they grow so quickly is they water down the gospel uh, to get butts and seats. And then there's a lot of misunderstandings or even false teachings that are involved in that in order to get the butts in seats. And they measure their success by butts and seats and not by the depth of faith and the people that are heaven bound. They just measure by butts and seats. Pardon if you can hear it. I don't know if you can or not. If you can hear the washing machine, pardon the washing machine. It's laundry day. Um, and so it just kind of is what it is. So if you can hear that in the background, my apologies. Uh, but a lot of Christians, especially American Christians, especially young American Christians, um, focus on feelings over doctrine. So they focus on how God makes me feel, how church makes me feel, how worship makes me feel. Um, and they, they emphasize that over, wow, that really is loud. Um, but they emphasize that over doctrine. They're not so worried about doctrine. They're way more worried about relationship and feeling and things like that. Now, if you know Jesus the way I know Jesus, you're going to have all kinds of feelings and emotions wrapped up in Jesus. Okay, let me make that clear. And um, feelings and emotions, um, especially ones that are tied to our faith, those are not sinful and wrong. They're natural. They're good. But when you emphasize those over doctrine and over like true relationship with our Heavenly Father, it makes it really tough to live as a Christian. Um, and it makes it really hard to have faith because... Um, that emphasis on feeling takes the emphasis off of the sacrifice that Jesus made for me. Right? He says, if you believe in me, you will be saved. If you believe that my blood was a sacrifice that was sufficient to wipe all of your sins away, you will be saved. Right? That's what he said. He doesn't say anything about feeling. He doesn't say anything about emotions. He doesn't say anything about that. He says, if you love me, if you give me your heart, you will be saved. Okay? When I start focusing on feeling God and uh, relationship with God or whatever word you want to use over and above doctrine and start believing things like if I don't feel God, then I don't really have faith. Or if I don't, uh, God's here when I feel him and such things. When you emphasize that, what it's doing is it's putting pressure back on you because now it depends on how you feel and how you experience God or whatever instead of the redemptive work of Christ. And there's a whole bunch of people that are going to push back on that right away like, no, that's not, you're misunderstanding. No, I'm not misunderstanding. I'm not misunderstanding what you're saying. I'm genuinely worried for your faith. 
And I also understand that you can use words like experiencing God and feeling God and all those things in a healthy way with a healthy relationship with your Heavenly Father, and that's fine. But heed my warning. When you emphasize feeling and relationship and whatever it might be, right? What's going on is you are taking the emphasis off of Christ's redemptive work and putting it on sanctification, okay? It's something you have to do in, or, in order to be saved, something you stack on top of Jesus and his redemptive work in order for you to be saved. And that's not biblical, it's not scriptural, it's not accurate, and it's not true. It is a lie, and it is stemmed from the devil, okay? He is the father of lies, and he will do anything to put your faith in jeopardy. And the idea that I have to feel God and feel present, the presence of God and feel the relationship with God um, in order to be saved or in order to have real faith, like if I have real faith, I'm always going to feel God, whatever it is, access to God, all those ideas and concepts are absolute lies. They're very, very similar in nature to like the tongues and the altar calls and all that kind of stuff, the, the decision theology, the idea that I have to come to Jesus and say, okay, Jesus, I want you in my heart. And once I ask Jesus into my heart, then he can come in, but he's not going to come in until then. That's bullcrap. That's not what scripture says. Scripture actually says the opposite. It says, before I came to faith, before when I was living in sin, when I was dead in sin, I had no ability by my own thinking or choosing to choose Jesus Christ my Lord or come to him. That's what Scripture says. I quoted Martin Luther, but that, <laughs> that's what Scripture says. Okay? What Scripture tells me that before I came to faith, there was absolutely nothing I could do to be saved, including decide to believe in Jesus. God sent the Holy Spirit into my heart, softened my heart, planted the seed of faith there all on his own. I cannot take any credit for my faith at all. And so when you go up for an altar call and you pray, Jesus, come into my heart, what you're doing is a repetitive action. You're saying, okay, well, now that Jesus, you're in my heart, I'm going to invite you in so that you can be here. God can do whatever the heck he wants to do. If he wants to change my heart, he can. And that's exactly what he does. Okay. Um, it you got to be careful about false doctrine, guys. Anything and everything that isn't a perfectly scriptural can lead you away from the faith because it's going to put the emphasis off of Jesus and back onto you. This can also, this kind of theologies can also really easily lead to anger about against God too. Because, um, like, if if your faith, if you believe that your faith isn't sincere unless you can feel God or experience God then on the days where you don't feel God, it's really easy to get angry and be like, God, why aren't you here? Why aren't you showing up for me? Right? And it's not, God is, like, we'll talk about that in a second, but it's easy to get really angry at God because you don't think he's doing his job or you think he's not there for you, which isn't what the scripture says. Faith that is based on feeling or experience has absolutely no roots. It's like the, the seed and the parable of the sower and the seed, you know, where he throws the seed on rocky soil. He throws it all over the place, but he throws it on rocky soil specifically. And what happens is the seed sprouts up really quickly, but it has no root base. So when the sun comes out and it starts baking it, so basically when hardships come, it just bakes it and kills it and faith is gone. Because if you believe that you have to experience and feel God in order to be saved, that if your faith is real, you have to experience God, have access to God all the time, blah, 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 blah. If you believe all those things, then when difficult days come and you don't feel God with you, you don't feel God's presence, then Jesus must not be there. But the truth is exactly the opposite. 
It's not God who walks away from me and is unfaithful. It's not God who fails to be present. God is omnipresent. That means he's always there. He's also almighty. He's all-powerful. God is not the one letting me down. Okay, He's not walking away from me. He's not being unfaithful to me. He is omniscient, omnipotent, and omnipresent. He is always there, and he is always he is perfect. Like, perfect is God. God is perfect. There is no difference between the two. God is the definition of what it means to be perfect. Nothing else in the world and the universe and creation is perfect. Only God is. So it's not God that's walking away. It's me that's walking away from him. If there's a separation between me and God and I don't feel his presence there today, it's not because he's not there. It's because my heart and my soul are innately corrupted. We're the ones that are messing it up. We can't help it. He can. So when it feels like God isn't showing up, when it feels like God isn't with me, when I can't feel God's presence there, when I can't experience God the way I want to, it's not because he's left me or he isn't with me or he's not doing his job. It's because I am a sinner. I have been corrupted. I have wickedness and evil living inside of me. And even when I want to do what is good, I do what is wrong. Even when I want to do what is right, I do what is bad. Even when I try really, 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 really hard to have a perfect relationship with my Heavenly Father, I screw it up. Not Him. Okay? God is faithful even when I am not. God is just even when I am not. God is in control and I am never in control. And God's plans are perfect and mine are not. Usually, when there's a separation between me and God, when we're not rocking and rolling on the same page, it's because I tried to implement my will. I went my way. I did my thing. Instead of being perfectly resigned to the will of my Heavenly Father and following wherever He leads, and because of that, now my sin is even more corrupt. My heart is even more corrupted by sin than it was before. And that's why every single morning you got to wake up... Um, Drown the old man in daily sorrow and contrition. Ask for repentance and ask for God's strength to walk in the way today. Knowing that I will fail and I'm going to have that same conversation with God yesterday, but I'm going to do the best I can anyway out of thanks to my Heavenly Father and because I want to actively do His work in the world and help other people know and love Him. Okay? God is the one in control. I am not. But I like to pull that control back. I like to try and take a little bit of that responsibility for myself. I like to be the one who's in charge, the one who's in control, the one who has a grasp on things. I need to recognize that that's not me at all. And my Heavenly Father is the one who determines my way, who determines my path, that He has a will for me, that He has laid out things that He wants me to do, that He is the one who established the earth, and then also since He's the Creator who established the order of things, He gets to determine my path. He gets to decide what the law is. He gets to decide what's right and wrong. He gets to decide what's righteous and unrighteous. And He has done that. He has made it clear to us, and it is our job to simply follow Him. And when I don't follow Him, it's my fault, not his. Okay. However, in those moments where I don't feel God, where I have a hard time saying my prayers, where I just don't feel like reading my Bible, where I just, no matter how hard I try, I keep doing things that are sinful. Like in the last couple of days here, the reason I'm talking about this is something I had to address in my own heart. Um, the last couple of days, man, I've just been lazy. Like I came back from vacation. I've done all the things that were on, well, most of the things that are on my checklist to do, but like I haven't, 
I haven't always done them willingly, and I haven't done them with a whole lot of energy or a whole lot of joy. Like, there just isn't any of that there at the moment. Well, there is now because I talked to my Heavenly Father about it. We got it. We're cool. But knowing that God is faithful in those moments is actually incredibly comforting to me because it's not, I'm not letting God down. God is not dependent on me in any way, shape, or form. He doesn't need me. He's chosen me. He, he loves me. He has bought me back and redeemed me. And it's the gift of his love. It's that gift of redemptive work of Jesus that gives me the ability to love him anyway. Gives me the ability to follow him anyway. It's the gift of his spirit in my heart that gives me faith. It's all on him. It's not my burden. So all I'm doing as a Christian is desperately trying to follow after him, recognizing that if I keep the law, it's not going to like make me better in his eyes or something or give me extra value. It's going to protect my heart so that I can stay faithful to him, continue to follow him all my days so that when the last day comes or when he calls me home, I can go be with him for eternity. Okay. I know that Jesus is right there. I know that God is faithful, so I keep showing up. Even when it's hard, even when I don't feel his presence, even when I can't feel him there, I still show up and I still do it. In fact, I would argue that on the days where I don't feel God or I'm not experiencing God the way I want to, those are the days that it's even more important to dedicate time to prayer, meditation on the word, to pray against the spirit that is complacent, whether it's a, the devil actually tempting me, whether it's demons working on me, whether it's just my sinful flesh overwhelming my desire um, to do what is right and what is good. It doesn't matter where the temptation's coming from. Go talk to Jesus about it. Pray that he restores that relationship, that he continues to wash me clean. Um, the, the, when you're refining silver, right? and this is something if you've been in church, you've heard this since you were a little kid. When you're refining silver, you don't get a beautiful block of nice shiny silver out of the ground. It's covered in what's called dross, which is other stones, other old mineral content that isn't valuable. So what you have to do is you have to put it in a furnace and melt away all the things that are bad. And silver is going to come to the top. And then you take the silver off the top and now it's pure. You're asking God to do that. That's the language God uses in scripture for what he's doing with my heart every single day. I'm asking him to, to boil off the dross. Like melt my heart, make it vulnerable, and then take away all the things that are impure and corrupt. So that all that's left is a pure heart. Right? David says, give me a pure heart, O God, that I might do your will. I might follow your commands. Right? Another one he uses is burning up the chaff. Right? So back um, in the day, especially in Bible times, you would harvest grain or harvest wheat or barley or whatever it was, and you had to get off the shucks. Right? You can't, you can't cook with the stem or any of that stuff that surrounds the seed of the wheat. So you have to get rid of that somehow. What they would do is they would pound it, pound it, and they would pound it flat. And after they had pounded it, sometimes they would even stomp on it or dance on it in some cultures or walk horses over it or whatever. But they pound it flat. And then what they do is take a pitchfork and they throw it up in the air and let all the chaff blow away. Okay? They let all that blow away. Or they would put it in essentially like a big sifter and they would sift out all that, all the, the good grain that you can use to cook with. And then they would throw all the chaff on a pile and burn it. That's the process of what Jesus is doing in my heart every single day. Right? He's actively pulling out the corruption and sin from my heart so that I can have a pure heart and glorify him. 
And of course, that corruption just is a cycle that keeps coming back because I am sinful. Even from the time I was conceived into my mother's womb, I have been sinful. I am ultimately corrupted. God is not. So when there's an issue between the two of us, it's on me, not on him. Okay? So lean back into your relationship with your heavenly father. On those days that are frustrating where you don't feel God or you're not experiencing God, lean into his grace and mercy. Take that deep dive into his love. Spend some time in scripture. Maybe spend extra time in scripture on those days because you know you need it. Right? Spend time in prayer. That's why I write down my prayers every day because there are some days where I don't feel like praying. I'm just not inspired to pray or whatever it might be. I can look at the things I've prayed about over the last couple of days, write them down. And even if it's not like a heartfelt, deep prayer, it's not going to happen every day. So instead, go through the motions and trust that the Lord is doing his work. Try to do more than go through the motions. But if that's what happens, that's what happens. Keep doing it. Be consistent and trust that the Lord is going to do his work. Plead for his mercy. Plead for the Spirit to come into your heart and do the work of God so that you might know him better, so you might be a light shining in the darkness. And keep moving forward. Keep diving up further and further into his grace and mercy. I love the picture at the end of the last of the Chronicles of Narnia. Um, I can't remember what it's called. Whatever it's called. The last book of the Chronicles of Narnia. C.S. Lewis paints this picture of all of them like running on a prairie. And they just joyfully keep running and running. And the words he uses are further up and further in. Further up and further in. They never reach the end of the prairie. They just keep discovering more and more and more of God's lush green grass. His love for them. It just keeps going. And for all eternity, they just keep joyfully running further and further up and further into God's love and mercy for them. What a joy to have that laid before me. Go do it. I love you, fellas. Give me the men that God created you to be. We'll see you next time. On behalf of all those involved in producing, recording, and publishing this episode, thank you for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. We hope it helps you along your journey to be a man after God's own heart. Be sure to check out the Gird Up channel on YouTube. There you will find many podcast episodes just like this one, but you will also find exclusive video content geared at helping you be the man that God created you to be by introducing you to other godly men, teaching you how to behave, study, dress, act, eat, and live like a man of God, and you'll find devotions to help you grow in faith. Please consider supporting Gird Up Ministries by donating on Patreon, shopping in the online store at girdupministries.com, or by making a $5 cup of coffee donation at girdupministries.com. Those donations help us make more great content just like this for young men just like you. Make sure that you like, follow, friend, and subscribe to Gird Up and our guests on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Those links are in the description. And as always, we'll be praying for you on your journey. Blessings, men. Time to gird up and go be the man that God created you to be.